I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm dying. It's time for episode number 345 of Video Games Hot Dog. <laughs> and I forgot to clap. I hope that's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll figure it out. Uh, I could just, I could just, uh, anyway. I could shout something. I could shout clap. This is the terrible episode. Kevin, uh, Kevin is recovering from a death and, uh, his own death. And yeah. Jim is recovering from a birth, his own birth. In a way, oh, we're all recovering from our own birth. <laughs> How's your baby, Jim? Uh, you know, he's, uh, he's a baby. He's. So just screaming and shitting? He's. So I will say this for him. He is objectively the cutest baby. Okay. Which is a good thing. Because there are also many <laughs> negative qualities that come along with being a baby. <laughs> Just sort of being a wiggling flesh tube. Um, so do you feel, you know, did, did it open a, a wellspring of love in your heart? I mean, are you, do you get it now? Uh, I, I got it before, but there's definitely like, there, there is a, a marked shift in brain chemistry that I, like I expected, but didn't expect the extent of, uh, which is just like, oh, you, you've got a son now. Okay. Here's a bunch of extra neurotransmitters to make sure that you value this, this infant. <laughs> That's right. That's how they get you. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you value this infant more than literally anything else. And huh. uh, all right. So like, I, I have to fucking stay up all night and, and deal with this kid's shit. Just, all right, fine. Let's get started. It's the most important thing I've ever done, apparently. To be fair, you're a guy who stays up all night anyway. Well, there's that. That's been hel- that's helped, actually, that I'm already yeah. used to staying up all night. So if there were two baseball pitching machines, uh, one of which was aimed at your balls and one of which was aimed at your baby, you would... Protect the baby. <laughs> I would protect the baby. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. But I guess it. I guess any way that you protected the baby would probably involve moving your balls out of the way of the one that was pointed at your balls. So that's it. You know, it. You could just pull the lever on the trolley that that aims the the ball pitching machine at the other baby. Life finds a way. <clears throat> that's another favor that your brain chemistry does you is that it. It makes you care less about protecting your balls, but it alters probability to make it so they just sort of protect themselves. I, I will say that, like, so we've been occasionally, like, Danu, my cat, has discovered that she loves, this was a few months ago, she discovered that she loves eating dead grass. And most dead grass is outside, so she's been trying to get outside. And we've been, like, just occasionally letting her letting her outside. She's not an outdoor cat, so we let her outside under, under supervision. Um, and then fetch her when it's, when she gets too far afield. Lately, I've just been fucking letting her just do whatever because she's no longer my surrogate daughter and I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's cool. Like, it is really weird how, like, a suddenly, um, my predicted grief for this cat getting lost, like, a couple of months ago, it was pretty high. Now it's really, like, on the, yeah, that would be kind of sad scale. Huh. One less mouth to feed. Do you think that's just because your heart grew 10 sizes? I uh, Something like that. Like, the scale is on a different scale. Wait, how, does, what do, I, how do I say that? That was. I think that was it. Yeah, okay. Have you been otherwise? Have you been doing anything other than rearing your child? Uh, 
I'm having a real hard time thinking of anything. Um, what, can I can I ask like what it entails? Like what? I, I got the impression that like early childhood duties were like one person at a time. I don't know. Like, am I wrong? Can't can't you take shifts and like sleep while April takes care of things for a little while and vice versa? Yeah, and that's what we've been doing. We've also had <laughs> my mom came to stay with us for a couple of weeks, which was very helpful. Um, I don't know, man. Like having a baby around also apparently like somehow multiplies the amount of housework necessary. <laughs> okay. uh, it, it's it's weird how that happens. Like it it really does feel like we're doing more not baby stuff as well as all the baby stuff. Weird. Uh, it, it might just be that like, uh, those first few nights were very, you know, more sleep deprivy than, than the rest of them have been. And I might be still be like kind of lightheaded from the effects of that. I don't know. Or maybe you're playing catch up from all the, the housework you missed while that was happening. Yeah, something or that like there's that. There's like a bunch of ghost babies creating additional housework in addition to the <laughs> physical baby that you have. Secret invisible babies, yeah. Yeah. Does April keep absentmindedly like setting a dinner plate for the baby, forgetting that the baby doesn't eat lasagna, and then you just have a bunch of extra dishes to wash? <laughs> because you because you actually serve the lasagna on the plate. Right. And yeah, the, yeah. the invisible baby eats the invisible part of the lasagna, but then there's still the visible part left. Do you have to clean up the invisible lasagna? Well, Jesus, if we don't, then it's just going to pile up and our house will eventually become filled with invisible lasagna. Yeah, how would you know, though? I mean, can you smell it? I Only with your invisible nose. Hmm. Um, invisible Garfield. We'll that would suck. Day. You'd just be able to see, people would just be able to see right into your skull. Yeah. Ooh. Well, you have both. <laughs> you have, they, they overlap. Your regular nose and your, oh, okay. your ghost nose take the same space. Oh, huh. I feel like the these this and these sorts of conversations are going to have you well prepared for dealing with like a five year old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm looking forward to the part where I get to talk to the kid. Like, in, I'm, I have to talk to the kid anyway. Like, those are the rules. Like, there's no he <laughs> sure, is, but it's. He is showing no evidence of having any understanding or, or of my, like, or even, like, observation of my presence, except that, like, he likes being held and fed. Like, babies, okay. as it turns out, like, they can't tell you what they want, but there aren't that many things they want. So you just go through the list <laughs> and eventually you hit the sure. right one. It's not like universal health, universal health care. Yeah. Like, right. For Moomy to be freed. Right. <laughs> Uh, is, you're, are you you're you're happy though, or are you sad? People say that having kids makes you uh, makes you less happy uh, uh, by objective measures. But then oh, there's I'm, no objective I, I mean, it, like you know, I contain multitudes. Um, part of me is extremely happy and delighted that this is happening, and the part of me that liked all the other stuff is frustrated and annoyed that <laughs> he doesn't get to just play video games all the time like before. Although that's that's actually a, a um that's actually a not exactly what's happening because I'm actually playing more video games now because when you're holding a kid uh often you your hands are free enough to use a, to hold a controller. So I've been actually been playing more video games than before. What I'm actually frustrated about is that 
when you're holding a kid, it's, your hands are not quite free enough to type, so I can't actually do work. <laughs> and that's what I'm frustrated mm. about. Have you tried programming with a controller? Uh, are there is there a Zactronics game on the PlayStation 4? I don't think so. That would be kind of great, though. I think yeah. what uh, what Roy used to do was he had like a Baby Bjorn kind of thing and a standing desk, which allowed him to do some work with a keyboard. Yeah, Although we're looking like into we're looking into that sort of setup, and that would be helpful. And that that might be the only way to the the, the only sustainable way to live going forward. But we'll find out. You could get Spider-Man to web up your baby to like what do you what do you call it when you uh bundle up a baby? Uh, the hefty cinch sack. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously, swaddling. swaddling. You get Spider-Man to swaddle your baby in web and suspend or it, get him like from a, the ceiling. Get like a Mad Max style leather baby bandolier. Ooh. <laughs> oh man. You can pop like three so babies many babies. In there. Yeah. yeah. This this yeah. baby is gonna love the smell of leather. <laughs> And, it, you know, I guess if you need to fire a baby out of a cannon for some reason, it, it, you'll have easier access to it. Right. I was trying to imagine what uses babies as ammo. A baby gun? I mean, war. I mean, if you think about it, every woman is a baby gun. <laughs> wow. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, huh. I don't want to make any jokes about that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like, there's not, there's not a single tasteful joke no 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 we've we've already gone too far and as you know i've outgrown the truly tasteless jokes of those books my dad had oh yeah truly tasteless Uh, jokes what have you been up to riff you had Um, any babies i did i did some legoing that was actually a couple of weeks ago but uh, i forgot about it previously it's an act of creation kind of legoing that's true that's true we have a theme yeah did you make a tiny? Did you make a tiny person out of Legos that was half you? Uh, I made several tiny people out of Legos, but they weren't really related to me. <laughs> uh, do, I I forget if I've talked about this before or if I just posted it on Twitter or what. But do you guys remember how I made that Lego Orrery with like the Earth and the Sun and the Moon and they're all geared up so they rotate around each other in approximately. I, I don't remember that. Oh, that's really that. neat. Did you yeah, did you Twitch stream it? I want to watch the archived VOD of that. It is. Uh, it's a design by a guy called J.K. Brickworks on YouTube. So I'll I'll get links for. Oh, the that show name notes. is a hell of a coincidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Gosh, <laughs> but uh, the the recent thing I did was uh, another design of his, which is like a, a McKinema. I not not McKinema. That's animation. Uh, like Makinima. Like, yeah, well, I don't know. Like <laughs> automaton, an, an automata oh, okay. of uh, of uh, Sisyphus pushing a boulder, and it's like I don't know. He's like six or eight inches tall if he was standing up straight. And as you turn the crank, like his legs move and the, the boulder sort of wobbles as he pushes against it and so on. And he put a lot of effort in making the, the, the gearing and cogs work together to have like this really nice expression of exertion in it. And it's, it's on this like sort of Roman style plinth with little, uh, little Lego minifig <laughs> scenes depicting all of Sisyphus's various sins throughout his life that condemned him to this fate and so on. Yeah. Wow. Like usually when Amazing. people make 
like sculptures that animate in very short loops. The themes of torture via boredom are not so explicit as that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's he 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 posted it or licensed it or something to a to a site that uh uh that will sell you like the complete set of bricks that you need to make this thing and and send it right. to you along with like a PDF of the instructions. So so I built that. That's rad. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And I've also been. How many pieces was it? Oh, uh, hmm, offhand, I'm not sure. It's a thing, not quite the size of a shoebox. Um, okay. So you know. What like percentage if, if you of the had space a, would you if say you had that a shoebox for a single shoe? It's about that big. <laughs> okay. That's not a thing, though. No, but you know. So it you could can be arbitrarily big. I mean. <laughs> So it's the size of a shoe. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, so, okay. but a large, like half, shoe, a large rectangular shoe. Half the volume of a shoebox, or half in each dimension. Oh, I see. This is getting this is getting tricky, and it's and it's all the way on the other side of the room where I can't comfortably look at it to estimate. <laughs> If it was half in every dimension, you can't get over there because you're only wearing eighth, one shoe. An eighth of yeah, an eighth of a shoe, a quarter of a shoe, because <laughs> there are two of them initially. That's a good point. Uh, is a bread box bigger or smaller than a shoe box? Bigger. bigger. It depends on the loaf. The, all the ones I've seen are are sized. Well, for like what if the shoes are loafers? Two or three loaves. So. I see. So are two loaves are two loaves loafer than one loaf? Wait, are we talking European or American bread sizes? <clears throat> yeah, like a baguette. Oh yeah, so sort of like an elf shoe. Yeah, or like clown shoe. Yeah. Are there any other uh, funny uh, shoes that also sound like bread or baked goods? Pump, 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 pumps. Sir nickel. If you get that trainers. shoe. If you get the shoe that plays a ringtone every time you step, it can make it say bread. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> what? Wow. Jesus Christ. See, I did not know about those shoes, and so I'm like either. I'm like double astonished. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean that's not really a thing, is it, Jim? No, uh, this was something that I was asking for on Twitter, um, oh. and somebody linked me to a an Akewood strip where it was posited, so it exists at least to that extent. You could probably rig one up. I mean, you could... Oh, you yeah, know, just get some Arduino that you step on? Yeah. Well, no, I was going to suggest they pro somebody probably makes a programmable, like one of those little tiny electronics from a greeting card that plays a song or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. I mean, they've got or there's shoes probably that greeting cards LEDs that you can record. Step, so you could probably just wire, wire a greeting yeah, card. Yeah, wire that into, yeah. <laughs> into a greeting card that you've recorded yourself saying bread. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Someone please do this and tweet us the results. <laughs> I mean, so... There's, I mean, if if it was in your voice, an easier alternative would just be to walk along saying bread every time you took a step. That's an excellent point. I mean, and then you can, you know, it's sort of like you're in the army. Bread, 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 bread. <laughs> you kind of call a weird, response shoes. Weird way of stepping. Yeah. What have you been up to, Kevin? 
Uh, I've been super sick. Just lying in a diseased heap. Yep. It's been, it's been bad. I, I got like a, the mother of all colds. You got like, it seemed like maybe XOXO plague. I, it, I, did anybody else get sick that we know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It either, it was either XOXO or like the tail end of PAX. Or Valve. Maybe you got, maybe you got some secret disease from Valve oh, R&D. Yeah. It's possible. Something that they've been working on in their bio labs. I mean, it would be to their advantage to get everybody sick so that they could stay home from work and play games on Steam. Power.com. Oh, because they would have some sort of some viral hit on their hands. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so mostly I've just been laying in bed and either sleeping or playing video games. I've done very little else. I must have done something in, since the last show, but the thing, the only thing that I can think of right now is that I went uh, like a couple hours ago and saw the movie Mandy with uh, with former guest Seth Rosen at former venue Alamo Draft House. Uh, was it good? It's a it's nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's um. So it is a movie by the guy who directed and wrote uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, who I I learned about this before, but it, his dad was some sort of high-ish crew role on Tombstone. And so the DVD residuals from Tombstone, which I guess he inherited, paid for him to make his first movie, which was Beyond the Black Rainbow, which I saw like when it came back through the Alamo on a, on a weird Wednesday or something. Um, it was a very strange, very film-grainy, 80s-looking movie about a sort of weird LSD cult. Um yeah, I uh, liked, I think the, I still think that Beyond the Black Rainbow is best experienced by watching the Beyond the Black Rainbow trailer. Exactly. Yeah. It kind shows of you tells you all everything the best, that you need. Yeah. It gives you all the best all shots the, from that film and putting them in context doesn't really add anything. Yeah. And, and like that, the movie is more or less just all mood. Yep. Right. And the trailer gives you that mood and it doesn't take an hour and a half. There's, right. I mean, there are a lot of scenes from Beyond the Black Rainbow that have stuck with me, sure. which is not something that I can say for a lot of the movies that I saw that year. So uh, so Mandy is also like a very film grainy. It's about a weird LSD cult, uh, but it stars Nicolas Cage and uh, in in pretty pretty standard Nicolas Cage form. There's like, nice. there's like a good long scene of him like in a long sleeve shirt and briefs and like dirty socks in a bathroom, just alternating between screaming and just guzzling a bottle of vodka. <laughs> um, so that, that's very, just in his contract that he has to have that scene in every movie now. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of screaming. He's otherwise pretty subdued until the movie just becomes about him murdering a bunch of people, which it does. And it, uh, there's some Cenobites in it, kind of. Uh, like supernatural or? Well, it's LSD. real hard to say, right? I think this guy's aesthetic is largely like, you don't know what of this is some weird drug trip and what of it is real. And yeah. Like, there's also in Beyond the Black Rainbow, there's a little bit of weird supernatural shit in what otherwise was just like a cult kidnapping movie about a, you know, a woman escaping from this, you know, creep. Huh. Uh, but then there's just like a couple of monsters on the way out. And was that real? I don't know. That's kind of like it's all Perfect Blue, actually, which I saw recently. 
Um, and I, I mean, I guess spo- spoilers, there's also, uh, fast forward like 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers. There is a scene where without anyone mentioning it or this having been foreshadowed that this was something that he could do or was likely to do where, uh, Nicholas Cage just forges a battle axe. Um, like you just see him like smelting metal and then hammering this weird and it's like a weird multiple bladed battle axe that he then like only kind of uses for the rest of the movie like he kills a couple dudes with it but he he spends way more time killing people with there must be a ton of cut footage then if he if he doesn't use it much I mean, he uses it a little. There's probably you know? some outtakes it's, where he, Nicolas Cage actually kills people with the axe. <laughs> well, there, I mean, he does kill a couple people with the axe, but he kills a lot of people, including he goes and kills all the Cenobites and then he kills the normal people. It's it's weirdly paced. Uh, I, there's definitely like a phenomenon. It, it's happening in a larger and larger percentage of popular movies these days because <laughs> because so many of them are like Marvel superhero movies where... If you haven't, if you're not familiar with those characters, basically they're just a costume. And then like at some point it's revealed that they can do a thing, a magical thing to get out of a tough situation, um, which is something you already knew about if you read the comics. But if you didn't, it's just like, oh, I guess he can do that. And it's not never like foreshadowed or explained. And so like. Maybe this is secretly one of those movies and they just couldn't get the license. Is there a, uh, is there a Marvel character whose power is to apparate an axe? Well, he doesn't apparate. I mean, he just full on like just it. There's one thing oh, is, that I actually do really appreciate. Is it like a montage scene of him actually just making an axe? Yes. Oh, okay. I misunderstood. Like, but it's not, it's not explained like how he got like in, at no point do you ever see anyone go anywhere in the, uh-huh. in this, really. It's like, it's just always like, well, here's Nicolas Cage at the next plot place. So, which is great. Is there honestly, any, is there anybody it, here who can tell us whether with that, like anybody with enough film experience to know whether that just means there wasn't, is there no establishing shot for the next thing? Because most movies don't have, see you like, see the characters driving somewhere. They just have like, Here's a shot of the outside of the building so you know where they are. And then here, cut to the inside. Yeah, I mean, it's not... There is that. It's just that you don't necessarily... Like, so he decides he's going to kill all these people. And then he goes to some weird trailer where he visits a man where he left a crossbow a long okay. time ago. Um and uh the 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 man gives him his crossbow back and then he leaves and then the next shot is a kiln there's like a furnace that he then pulls molten silver or whatever out of to then pour into this mold like okay it's <laughs> okay so to rephrase my question from earlier to to update it with new information is there any marvel superhero whose power is that they know how to smith an axe a lot of them probably do, right? Like what? Like, yeah, probably. Yeah, you know. <laughs> anyway, this movie sounds extremely wasn't, entertaining. Wasn't going anywhere with that, yeah. The new the, Marvel movie. Uh, this, but, yeah, maybe this is just a new Avengers movie. It's just part of the continuity. I can't. I guess I should have said to fast forward longer. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it doesn't really. I would argue that it does not actually 
change the experience of watching the movie even to know the entire plot of it because it's all it's all atmosphere and then just incredibly gory murders right yeah it's it's like beyond the black rainbow was really creepy but not super violent like it was scary but it was more like suspenseful than than you know horror gore anyway uh Thank you, Seth Rosen, for a riff. You mentioned a movie. What was it? Perfect Blue. What yeah. was? To tell us about that. that Unless is, you've already told us about that, in which case, tell me the episode name so I can go back and listen to it again. I have not. Um, it okay. is. A, it is a movie by uh, Satoshi Kon, uh, who is. It, it, well, it's a, it's an anime, but feature length film anime, not a series. Um, right. He he's the guy who did uh, Millennium Actress and Paprika and Tokyo Godfathers and basically super highly regarded although he he died at a fairly young age so we've only got like not very many stuff that he, not very many things that he did but he was like a master of I guess cinematography in in the I don't know if there's a different word for that when you're talking about animation. Uh, yeah, good an, question. Yeah, there's an there's an uh Every frame of painting video about him on on YouTube talking about his stuff. Um, cool. But the 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 general plot of of that is a uh, uh, a pop idol who gives up singing to become an actress, and one of her mega fans considers her a traitor for having done that and starts stalking her. Um, and meanwhile, the TV series that she's gotten a part in is like a really sort of heavy duty murder thriller show. And so the combined stress of the stalker and the kind of fucked up scene she's having to act in and the, the stress of trying to break into this new industry sort of combines to, to put her in like this sort of hallucinogenic state where she's no longer sure which bits are TV scenes that she's acting and what's actually happening to her. And so it becomes like this, uh, and, this real, like super intense psychological thriller situation. And so what I'm hoping is that the audience doesn't know either. Yes, that's, that's, uh, that is pretty, that's what it turns into by the end of the movie. Yeah. Neat. Is that you, you, there, there are sequences where you're no longer entirely sure what's happening until like, Suddenly the director says cut at the end of the scene and there's all the extras and, and lights and everything. And, oh, but maybe she's actually hallucinating that bit and you're still not sure. Yeah. There's a, um, uh, there was a movie, I think from five or six years ago called Oculus that I may or may not have talked about on this podcast, but I really, really liked it. It was a, a horror movie where you follow like, in in the present day, there are two uh, adult characters, and then you will also, like, they will flash back to the horrible thing that happened to them when they were children. Uh, and towards the end of the movie, like, the, those two, the, the present day and the, the, the past characters kind of blend together, so they're actually interacting with each other. Hmm. It's actually a really well done, like, surreal horror that sounds pretty cool. Well, that sounds great. It's going on my list. Cool. Hopefully I remember the name of it. And hopefully we all agree that it's good so that some sort of Oculus schism doesn't form <laughs> between us. 
Uh, I remember uh, it came out around the same time that Facebook bought that VR company with the same, hopefully the same name. And I remember making that connection mentally. So like, was the face, is the VR company called Oculus? I can't tell if you're joking or not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure like that my head is, I mean, I just had a kid. Just making sure it's <laughs> real sl- and not something you I've been sleep deprived. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, VR. I mean, nobody's tried that since the nineties, Joe. Okay. Oh, oh shit. Okay. All right. I'll I'll come back when I am a little more clear headed. Uh well, should we talk about video games? That always clears my head. Sure. Sure, why not? What have you been playing, Jim? A lot of console games with a baby on you? Uh I played a little bit of um Wolfenstein to the new Colossus. Um, which I remember around like, I started paying attention to it around like last year's everybody talking about it in the game of the year discussions about how, um, it's just really well written, just the cartoony and audacious plot. Um, and I, um, have been having a real hard time following the story because the subtitles are incredibly small. Uh, it's a really dumb technical issue where like, uh, I don't want this thing to be loud enough to wake my kid. And, but also like, you can't make the subtitles any bigger. And so I have to like really squint to see what people are saying. Uh, so are you, did, did you say you were playing on a PlayStation? Yeah. Can't you plug headphones into the controller? Uh, is that a thing? Does the game audio come out of that port? I have not tried that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it totally does. That sounds like it's worth trying. God, we've just, we've just, we've just opened up a whole new world for you. Yeah. That sounds good. You can ignore your baby as well (laughs) as not hear your baby. Maybe I'll. Did you like. What's up? The New Order. Did you like the first, I mean, the first Wolfenstein game? It was all right. It was okay. I um I'm playing this new one on the easiest difficulty setting because like I don't give a shit about shooting people as a gameplay mechanic anymore. Like I'm past I'm I'm I feel like I'm done with that in my life. Um I really loved the first one and I bounced off of the second one even though I was really enjoying the story and the writing and the atmosphere and stuff because I was it made me feel like I was playing a 10-year-old first-person shooter where I was just lost all the time in a yep, way that I never felt there's in the definitely, first one. It just felt like the level the level design is significantly more confusing and sprawling and I would yeah, worse. I, I'm, I'm definitely feeling that too. I'm muddling through it right now, but like it's making me feel like one of the every, – every time you start a new level, it reminds you how many tutorials you haven't read yet, and I'm up to like 15 – um, and I bet one of them is like how to use the map and I'm never going to read it because I am not interested in sitting through like a tutorial that is, that is dull enough that they had to like put it behind uh, like the possibility of skipping it, like the possibility of like, you have to actually go and explicitly subject yourself to this. I am not interested in that. So uh, I also never like, are they video tutorials? I have no idea. I haven't looked. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just assuming also, if like the, if there's a pop-up, I'll read it. If it says a new tutorial is available, press control J to go to the tutorials menu. I will never look at even one of them. Yep. Same. It's a weird. 
Even if they were the same content, I would never know. Yeah. Um, and other than that, I've mostly been playing games that, like comfort games that I've already played a bunch. So I, I, uh, I replayed Mario Odyssey, which is still really good. Um, I played a, even though like, and then I stopped playing Exapunks deliberately because it was just like eating into my productivity time, but like, I'm not being productive now anyway. So I played a bunch more Exapunks. Uh, doesn't that and, require typing though? I, I've been occasionally finding the time to type. Um, okay. Uh, and that's been like, it, it was pretty fun. Like, it got a lot less fun as soon as I got to the point where Kevin was no longer playing the game. Uh, <laughs> uh, no after comp- no competition to like, yeah, like I've got, I've got one friend who, who, uh, a one friend from the Slack, um, that is, that that has also finished the game. And so like, there is a little bit of competition all the way to the end, but at some point Kevin's scores just stop happening. And I'm sure like I, I made that situation. I exacerbated that situation worse by giving him new scores to beat. (laughs) So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Oh. Did you um did you play any of the new levels that came out this past week? No, I didn't. Uh, I haven't looked at those yet. Those okay. I'm I, like do you know if those are like post end game levels like because I found that that final level to be <clears throat> off-puttingly difficult, like n- too difficult to be fun. It sounded uh, like I have not looked at them yet. It sounded like they were uh levels from the point of view of other characters in the Exapunks chat. That's uh, so that that's a neat yeah. That's neat from a storytelling standpoint. I'm but yeah, I'll have to I'll have to just try one. Yeah. Remember all of the added stuff for Opus Magnum was just incredibly difficult. Yeah. It was like, hey, was this incredibly hard game not hard enough for you? Well, good news. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it is not in Zach's nature to produce what I want, which is like right. more well, low and, and yeah. also like I think the way that they make these games, they uh, make a bunch of puzzles without really caring about how hard they are. And then they take out the puzzles that are too hard for people, and then they just put them into the post-game content instead. Hmm. I think that's what they, what ends up happening. Something that I wish that there was was a well a world in which there were a bunch of like good, moderately challenging user-generated levels for any game with a level editing tool and <laughs> and curation, right? Like oh, I wish that no, there were just a no, bunch of like gonna happen. I'm sorry. good Mario Maker levels that are not like you have to be a billion X Mario player to yeah, do this. Well, or like it, like every user created content that I looked at for for Opus Magnum was also just insanely difficult. It actually makes a, like, a lot of sense that those would be the most difficult problems because like the the players that are most obsessed with the game are going to be the ones that are the look into the level editor and they're going to want to make puzzles that are interesting to them. Yeah. But I agree. I I I found that very frustrating with uh, like I I went and I looked into like the Shenzhen IO user generated puzzles and they were just just ridiculous bullshit. 
That's it, though? I mean, I don't know. I, I probably played some stuff that I forgot about. I also replayed, and, like, this is basically the same thing as Exapunks, but I played, uh, like, back when I, when I was playing games one-handed, I played a bunch of human resource machine on my phone, and I actually got every... I, pl- I finished every bonus level on that, and that was kind of neat. That was, uh... A couple of those actually required, like, it's another, it's another programming game where you're, you're basically programming an assembly language, except, but in this case, instead of by typing opcodes, you're dragging around commands and putting them in a list. It's actually a kind of a weirdly neat, but weird, but not really scalable interface for, uh, editing an assembly language program on a touch screen. Like, not really scalable in the sense that, like, you wouldn't want to build a program of any size with this, uh, with this interface. And they, towards the end, they actually make you make, like, 40 instruction programs, which is already too big to, to really work in the interface. But, um, yeah, the, the, the puzzle where you are, um, doing sorting, where you, where basically, basically making you, uh, do, you write an algorithm to sort a list, um, like I implemented a without thinking about it too much, I implemented a selection sort off the top of my head, and that solved the problem. But then they have a optional difficulty level, uh, optional like now do it in fewer cycles, fewer command. Not 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 uh, not a shorter program, but a um a program that takes less time to execute. And I actually like uh I actually went to the literature and looked at like <laughs> what what is a uh, a sort that is simple to implement but has better um more efficient running time than a selection or a bubble sort um and i ended up using an insertion sort and like that was after learning what an insertion sort was so uh that was a, a neat little like so rarely as in actual programming do you have the opportunity to um to actually like look at the the actual best way to solve a problem like so much of it is just like yeah just do the thing that's in your head and make the computer do it or like yeah so much so much so much learning about programming is looking at different sort methods and evaluating them and seeing how they work and then yeah. never is programming actually sorting anything right yeah you know you fucking call the sort function that's in your library yeah, and you, you just did. trust that the that the beardos who wrote the language probably are using the best one. Right. Even when you call QSort in C, which stands for quicksort, I bet it's smarter than that. I bet it doesn't always do quicksort. What have you been playing, Riff? Um, I started replaying uh, Rocket Slime, because Gary Butterfield mentioned oh. it on Twitter. Oh wow! Very good. Yeah, so it is fun. such a good game. How are you? Game. How are you feeling about it? Uh, I love it's it. Really it it's it's so nice. It's 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 satisfying on so many different levels. Like it's got like just enough exploration and just enough collecting and just enough like action and just enough like really stupid but also pretty good puns. Uh, yeah, it's it's such a charming little game. 
I there's. I'm a, so sad that they didn't make any more games in that series. There, there is there there is. This is actually the second one in the series, but the first one never got translated, and the third one never got translated. There's there's a. What fa- was the first one about? Is it, is it some I, Joker or something? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, actually, this Dragon's Quest Joker or something or other is is. Another one in the Dragon's Quest series, but that's an entirely different game. The, this is the second oh, of specifically the Rocket Slime Tank games. Um, there, there is a fan translation project for to to do a fan translation of the third one, but uh, as far as I know, they have they have hit a snag where most of the people in the group that are good at that have gone on to other projects, so that may or may not ever get finished. Hmm. I thought I remembered that there was supposed to be more sort of one-off. Like, here's a here's a series of games where you're a drakey. Uh, I mean, I guess nothing is as good is yeah, as cute I don't as know. that slime. I, Joker might be one of those. I, I don't. I That's what I you. thought that it was. One where you're the the ma- magician is that? I don't. I've never played any of the original Dragon Quest games. I've only played. Rocket Simon, Rocket Simon and Builders. Yeah. Builders. Yeah. You didn't play Dragon Warrior on the Nintendo as a kid? It's mm-hmm. like very sort of bog standard JRPG. So that but that's what that's what this is all based on. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. I would always try to play it as a kid and then I would get bored with the grinding and then be yeah. sad. People and then I would forget the new later, the new mainline Dragon Warrior just came out. I I forget if it's 10 or 11 or what. But people seem to be liking it. If you if you wanted to experience one, there was also on 3DS uh, nine was pretty good. I remember playing that at one of the San Diego Comic Cons that we went to. The o- literally the only thing I have seen anyone say about the new Dragon Quest game, the only person in my Twitter feed who has had any opinion about it at all, is. Margaret Robertson and all of her everything that she's posted about it is just like I really want to like this but it's treatment of gender is just so gross like it's oh, a, really? like the series has kind of always been that but yeah. it just has not grown up even a like, little bit all, like you find all these playboy <laughs> the bunny puff, ears the puff puff and, girl yeah it, yeah yeah gross all the all the female characters are just like props or something uh, I haven't felt like I had the the time to play a JRPG and in years anyway so just play void pyramid what's void pyramid uh, it was that game by that guy that made that other game that jim played <laughs> something planet <laughs> i don't Garbage remember this planet. i remember the it, name void pyramid it, i think that might have been on my list for a while it's fuck what is it a hagen there's so it's someone whose web page whose website is like bookmarked so that like a hagen is either the person that made void pyramid or an artist who's some work of of theirs i liked uh i played it and talked about it on a show a while back and i you you jim said that it reminded you of some other game that you had played which turned out to be by the same person that was something planet i don't remember i'm sorry about collecting like different colored things. It's just like a bunch of very, very simple sprites. Like it's made in some weird, like click and play style game engine. Um, but it's like a very 
just compressed JRPG. Hmm. Uh, that's real weird. It's written very, it, it's, it's very, very good. I kind of want to play it again just so that I can see what all I remember. Have about. we, have we picked uh, an assignment for next week? Uh, we, we have, not. we have not. There we um, go. I, well, I, we're going to, I'm going to be at Wasteland weekend for a okay. lot of the time between now so and you've, the so next uh, Why not something so. you've already played? Uh, like Mad Max for the NES. <laughs> or <laughs> Mad Max for the. There was a Mad Max on the PC. NES? Yeah, it wasn't very good. Ramble Planet. It was like a. Yeah, Ramble Planet. That's it. Um, yeah, we didn't pick an assignment. We should pick an assignment that's geared towards your constraints, Jim. Yeah. Anything else, Riff? Uh, I've been playing the fan translation of um, uh, Retro Game Challenge 2. Oh, nice. Are you guys familiar with that thing? I'm not. I it's, played the first one. I didn't know that there was a second one that had not been translated. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. You can get bootlegs of it on Etsy. <laughs> uh, the uh, so the what, what is the idea? The idea is that um, well, there's okay, there's a Japanese TV show which I've never seen, but apparently it's this guy, uh, this sort of uh, um, I don't know how to describe his character, but this slightly bumbling. Uh, dressed in like janitor coveralls guy named Areno who takes on like ridiculously difficult gameplay challenges in the this, video. This guy is apparently a comedian, like in the yeah. Japanese culture, he's a comedian. And, and, okay. uh, and so it's like him trying to play through like these old Nintendo hard video games and, and often failing. Um, and in, so he in like reality show format. Yeah, yeah. And, and so ret- retro game challenge, uh, both of them really, because the second one is basically the first, the same thing as the first one, just more of it. Um, the idea I, I remember, is. Oh, I, I want to talk about that show a little bit. I saw a couple oh, sure. episodes of it, and it's it's really I, it was it was I saw, there were like I think eight episodes that were localized into English by Kotaku, and that was all we got in America. I saw a couple of episodes of it, and there. It's, I, I remember specifically a scene where like, uh, like a, uh, an underling will come to Arino and say, I've, I've, I've found a thing that'll help you. And sometimes it's like, uh, I found this cheat code that you can use to like continue from where you left off instead of the beginning of the game. But other times it's like a sponsor has given them like forehead cooling pads <laughs> and <laughs> And so he plays the next level with like a cool forehead instead. Um, uh, <laughs> that must be a running delightful. joke because those actually appear in in uh, Game Challenge Two. <laughs> so uh, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe that happened more than once, and I just thought it was funny because I only saw it once. Uh, so the idea in the games is that his his repeated failure has caused an evil clone of himself to appear in the video game universe. And this <laughs> this this evil AI Areno um, turns you into a little kid and sends you back in time to the mid '80s, where you sit in young child actual Areno's living room with him playing 
retro video games and like the the evil ai gives you various challenges to beat in these games and and they're all like games they're like new games but they're games very much in the style of of various uh, genres of these old games on these old systems uh yeah like when I, I only played the first one but yeah they're they're really well done they're done yeah, like they're they're super it, it is a good convincing of, yeah yeah like, yeah and not just that but like it feel playing these games for the first time feels like replaying an old nintendo game that you're really good mm -hmm. at yeah, and they they include like like there's a manual you can go and look at and and uh and Young Arena has a subscription to a Nintendo Power like magazine that you can look oh, at yeah, and get so cheat good. codes and and previews of the next game that's going to come out after you've beaten this one and yeah, it's just super fun. And the I, the one the game that I'm in the middle of now or, or okay, the games that I've played so far were like a really creative and interesting Pac-Man clone and a sort of like amped up version of Nintendo Kung Fu. And let's see, the third one was kind of like a Super Mario 3 kind of thing. And the one I'm on now is a conversation driven point and click adventure where you're playing Areno trying to figure out the mystery of a ghost that's haunting the uh, the gameplay develop the the video game development company. <laughs> wow. This so sounds like incredible. Huge, I, I tried playing the first yeah. one and it was all like it was just like a kind of a bad racing game that you had to do a ton of stuff on before mm. something more interesting would unlock and then it was only a little bit more like I just remember like god I wish there was a good game. <laughs> coming up I like i wish i, I didn't have to keep playing the, these games I that i don't what like they all were in the first one but yeah i remember the i remember yeah the, i remember the racing game i remember being really frustrated by the structure of it in that like there were four challenges per game and you had to do them in a certain order and you had to do all of them yeah, and before the it next would have just out. that's still true yeah like i feel like yeah and that that's a bummer because i feel like you could have it would be nice to have like here's some like challenges that are very hard if you're into this game a lot or if you're not into this game a lot you can get to the next game with just a couple of them and it would be like like letting players choose the amount of a certain mini game that they want to play that they're in, like if they're really enjoying it they can play it for longer that's cool well i mean i feel you, like that's just kind of a no-brainer back to you can always go if you after you've beaten after you've moved on to another game you can always go back and just play the previous ones but yeah, supporting but it I with achievements. supporting it with progressively more difficult <laughs> challenges. The the challenges generally only take you through like half the game. So uh so you could still there's still a lot left to do in a game once you've moved past it if you want to go back. Yeah, to and it. I remember like at the end game of Retro Game Challenge I actually had you going back and finishing everything if I remember oh, right. Oh really? Hmm. I I never got that far in the first one. Uh, man, between uh, that and Rocket Slime, you're making me want to pull my DS out. Yeah, man, <laughs> <laughs> I've got like three DSs sitting on my uh, sitting on my bench here with a different game slotted into each of them. How many three DSs? Oh well, actually, let's see. It's actually a new two DS, a new three DS, and a DS Lite is what I've got stacked up. So only one three DS. Yeah. Do those all play DS one like original DS games? Yeah. And the the cool. reason the reason that my DS Lite is in that stack is because uh, the DS the original Fat DS and the DS Lite are the only ones that are region free, 
and and the bootlegs uh the bootlegs basically read as region null <laughs> so so you need uh-huh. a region region free one to play with it, to play them God, I, I, I always forget that the original ds was like awful like it was in the <laughs> it was still in that like the first game boy advance was like just a a weirdly shaped turd like <laughs> it was a cool platform but like what the fuck is wrong with that and then the game boy advance sp was like probably the best yeah, piece of hardware good the original gba Nintendo was, was ever made the form factor of it was good like it feels good in the hands but the lack of of lighting in it was just made it impossible to look at one thing that i always forget about whenever i touch a game boy advance sp again well there are two things actually one is that closing the clamshell doesn't pause the game Mm-hmm. which sucks. And the other oh, is that whoa. there's no headphone port. Yeah, you need, like, an adapter to the power port. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that surprised me a while ago. They really didn't get it right until the DS Lite, I don't think. I think that was the first good one. Hmm. The DS, though, is so gross. Like, the original <laughs> the, the, the original, you DS, mean the original like, how did DS? you unlearn... Yeah, right. like how did you unlearn the lesson of like you made the the Game Boy Advance and then you made the Game Boy Advance SP? So it's like, oh, the DS should just be an improvement on the SP because you obviously know what good is, but like no, <laughs> they just went back and they made this like it's just so ugly and cumbersome and like not like the fucking lid's not the same size as the base and like ah, I hate <laughs> it. <laughs> Weird objectively bad i don't know about and it's like i bought it anyway even though i knew they were going to make i knew they were going to make a good one like right away but what have you been playing kevin um so i mostly played stuff that was already on my switch and so i went back and finished the messenger and kind of wished i had spent more time playing it before the last uh podcast because the game fundamentally changes about i don't know two hours in two or three hours in uh and becomes a totally different kind of game uh which is weird and cool and i liked i liked it a lot more after that but what Um, kind of game does it turn into a metroidvania yeah (laughs) it just like it reveals that all the levels that you've been playing through actually have a bunch of branch points in them and are all contiguous yeah huh oh weird I didn't get that and far either. There's then a bunch of secrets and stuff. Yeah, I, I, like, when I talked to you and found out that the game becomes this, I was, like, on the boss that beating him makes it like that. Yeah. And so I powered through it. But, yeah, it's weird. I don't know how I feel about that as, like... I went back and I read the marketing copy on <clears throat> on the Nintendo website, and it... it it just spoils it there. If you if you actually yeah. read it, it says, "Oh, this is a, an eight bit game that turns into a sixteen bit game that turns into a time travel game that turns into a Metroidvania." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I guess they tell you," <laughs> uh, but it was just weird that it took so lo- like a lot of gameplay to get to yeah. what becomes the like the the final like the form. actual game, yeah. yeah. Um. But then it's just really good, and then it's just a bunch of there's there are some like there's some pretty brutal like challenge optional levels 
in the late game uh, that were pretty annoying. But other than that, I, I was you like hundred percent of it, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got all the, the green coins. Or whatever. What do you get for getting all the green coins? Uh, you get a an improved version of the throwing star. Oh, it's become sort of like a boomerang thing that you can, if you dodge it, it will stay on the screen until you catch it. Oh, it. neat. So it sort of like spins around you kind of, um, yeah, it's just great. It's super, super good. You'd like, <clears throat> it's frustrating cause I, I liked it, but I wasn't like uh, super sold on it. And then just sort of like picked it back up. I was like, well, I'll just see how much further I can get. And, and then it just turns into a totally great, awesome game that I was super happy to have played. Um, and then I went back and I finished Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Oh. Oh. Uh, so you being turned off by the first level of the second book, uh, that's one of the few levels that are that oh, really? weird and expansive. Like they, they sort of are roughly the same size. Oh, that's cool. Um, but they are harder. Like they are much harder and they are much less forgiving in the second and third books than they are in the... In that first one. That's good, though. That's what you want, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess you want it to ramp up in difficulty. Some some things just get stupid. There are a couple of, like, challenging levels where they have, um, they have like, a character chasing you, so you, you can't ever stop. And, I like, I liked playing the game sort of as a thinky mm, yeah. little puzzle game. And when you have to just be constantly uh, moving, it's kind of sucks, way less exciting. Actually. Yeah, that's, that's a And there's, there's a handful of, like, timed levels and stuff. Um, just weird stuff. There's one level that is incredibly frustrating, which is... Uh, a bunch of very narrow tracks on either side is lava and you hit these sort of boost pads that speed you up and force you to move forward. So you're just like sort of rocketing around and having to do a bunch of precision sort of platforming at high speed. And I feel like the, I I don't know, it just felt like the controls on that game were mushy enough that that just was not fun. Um yeah, and then I got the. I, I guess I didn't hundred percent Captain Toads. I get you get to this like a bonus level, which is uh, a, a super long. I think that's fifty levels uh, of procedurally generated maze, uh, where you're being chased by the sort of things that never stop moving. So you have to keep running, and then the 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 the, the enemies just get harder and harder in the mazes as you go. And I've never gotten more than like halfway through before getting hmm. killed. It's just brutal. So F that. Um, and then I got, um, I, I tried risk of rain, which just came out on the switch. Uh, and I played it for like 15 minutes on the handheld version. And I, I'm going to try playing it on the TV at some point, but it was so small that it was, I mean, you could tell what was going on, I guess, but like, it was just like, I didn't play it on the PC, but it seems like having a character that that's, that is that tiny, it's like, you know, five pixels tall or something like that on this giant screen is, is such a weird concept. Uh, I think I, I kind of, that element of it is what made me not understand why people liked it so much. Because to me, that game is just huge levels with almost nothing in them that just right. take forever to traverse for no good reason. Yeah. It, yeah. And then I didn't exactly, I didn't understand like the, at the very end, you then have to survive for a bunch of time with a bunch of enemies spawning. And it seems like it's super unlikely that you're going to do that <laughs> i maybe you just need to be much better at it than i i am the controls on the switch are also really weird it's you know you're moving around and then 
there's a jump button and then you're using both of the two triggers so you got like you need to use all four trigger nice. buttons to do stuff which i've never felt super comfortable doing so that was it was just a bunch of strange decisions that i, I maybe it is a, a game that is not for me um i'll probably give it another try and try it on a tv where maybe like a bigger screen would make it feel less uh agoraphobic almost like there's just too much open space or whatever um and uh, i played i played a bunch of uh the what is it tapioca rider oh yeah, yeah. uh to the point because i thought oh well, i'll just finish it because it says there's 78 levels and it just keeps going yeah they're pro- it- they're proc gen but he just decided that they weren't very good after 78 and so he was just like eh, that's just where it ends <laughs> but you can just keep playing them forever <laughs> is it like a- i think it keeps going yeah oh my god okay. yeah i mean i think it's very desert golfing inspired I don't know why he doesn't think they're like, they're getting hard and weird and stuff. I don't know. I'm in like a hundred now and it's, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why he made the choice that he did, but um, that thing is so fun. It's so just like elemental. Yeah. It's great. I'm super happy that it exists. Um, i trying to think of the, Oh, uh, I signed up for Nintendo switch online, uh, which gives you access to a Nintendo emulator, a NES emulator on the switch. Mm. And, so you can play balloon fight again. You could play it finally. Balloon. Yeah, I uh, I played Gradius, and with save states, that game is like a half hour long, which oh, was yeah. fun. I had I had never gotten very far in it because I'd never played it with save states before. Cool. Um, and I was always pissed that when you get killed, you lost all your power ups. Um, but with a but with save states, everything is lovely, and uh, and then you could see the in see the moais. Yeah. Um, I've heard I've heard that you should turn off. What is it like the the CRT filter that that it has for that for that emulator? Apparently, people are reporting like screen burn in and stuck pixels oh, and wow. stuff related to it. It's that is the most effective CRT emulation I have ever heard of. <laughs> right? <laughs> it can actually create actually, screen burn yeah. in on a whatever the on an LED screen. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. So that's basically all I played. It's just a bunch of old games. I um, I played a couple of new entries in old series. Uh, I played some of the Bard's Tale Four, which came yeah. out. Um, I had played the demo and talked about it on here a little bit, and I'm, I like it a lot. It is like a real crunchy. Does it have the same pretty sort of simple? Like Dungeon Traversal is the original? Bird's no, tale? it's fully like it's it's like a fully explorable 3D space okay. with like enemies walking around in it that you can like sort of consider and you get a like red, green or blue or red, yellow or green based on how hard they are. Okay. Uh, yellow, orange or red. I don't I don't know. Um, and then you can like if you can sneak up on them, like if you can stay out of their sight cones and like click to charge them, then you get initiative. And if they catch you, then they get initiative. And then and then it goes to this turn based sort of grid based uh, system that's that's good. It's like there's a lot going on. It introduces stuff fairly simply, but like it almost all anyone is talking about in reviews or on the Steam forums is the fucking terrible save system. And it is like fixed save points that you can only use once. Wow. Like, 
some of some of them you can repeatedly say like you can go back to town and save or whatever but like a lot of them they do this like hey here's like a pressure luck thing you can destroy the save point and get some xp it's like shovel knight except that like like the first time i did a big complicated battle and then i went to another uh, there was another group of enemies that was smaller than the first group that registered as being easier than the first group and then just one-shotted me and then when I restored, I had to do the first battle again. And I was like, nope, fuck you. Wow. And I just alt F forward. And I have not run it again since then. And like, I don't, I don't know if like it is structurally possible for them to patch that out. I don't know if it is even desirable for them or if they like, because they, like I also played the remastered original Bard's Tale. That is fucking unforgiving as shit and real boring and real tedious. And maybe that's just what they were going for huh. with, with this is for it to be extremely unforgiving. And like, yeah, you're just going to die and have to reload an earlier save. There, so at least in the remastered that, Bard's Tale, you can save more. That sort of thing was bullshit in the 80s, too. It's just that yeah. we didn't have a million other games to play, so we eventually came around to trying it again. Yeah, I, it's I was a real actually, bummer, one because of the, I really want to play this, yeah. but I just, like, the, the, the moment that I have to do something again that I already did because of checkpointing is, like, the moment that a game loses all all good like a new game loses all goodwill yeah i one thing i forgot that i had played a little bit of was another world um which oh i got it was it was like the the playstation plus game last month or something like that um and i remember really liking it um but i also remember it being really bullshit with checkpoints and i was remembering right Mm. like i played it for 20 minutes it was just like nope none of this done like, I do not have the patience for anything even approaching that sort of game design anymore. Uh, I also played, and I I regret buying this, uh, Star Control Origins. Uh, like, oh, I yeah. Regret, I, went, I looked up how to get a Steam refund when I, like, learned more. Like, like, I was like, oh, right, this is that thing where there's, like, this shitty convoluted legal battle between... Stardock and and whatever and I like I was like about to click the button to get a refund and then I thought about all of the people who probably work at that company that are not Brad Wardell and I didn't (laughs) refund it but what I also didn't do was play and enjoy it very much I like I your review of it that was well not your review of it your statement that was like I found three yeah, three just obvious grammar. The they weren't typos. They were just grammar errors. Oh, they were just wow. bad writing. In in like the in like the 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 opening cutscene, it was like, wow, this is gonna be awful. the The writing in the game was fine once you get in there. So it's like it's called Star Control. It's it plays like Star Control Two, but with all different alien races. Like I don't know if they don't have the rights yeah, to use the original was, like is that continuity. All all they had rights they to the was name, the name the Star Control, and and that's it. All they have is the Star name, Ridge. yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it and it seems fine, I guess. Like the it's it's real slow to fly your ship around space, but it was real slow in the beginning in Star Control Two, right? That encourages you to go farm resources and upgrade your turning and your your acceleration and stuff on your ship, which fine. When you go to land on a planet, there is what I took to just be a, a cutscene, but was apparently a 
entirely unexplained mini game, which is about just fucking crashing your lander and, and then losing <laughs> it. Uh, because there's like these, you're just like hurtling towards the planet and there's this kind of tunnel of like UI squares flying up at you. And like that game is always either trivial or fucking impossible. And there is no, like, there's never any instructions or any indication of like what you did wrong exactly or like what you're supposed to be doing. And it, like, it's over in like maybe two seconds. So you can't even really like learn anything over the course of a single play of it. It's a weird choice. Um, cause otherwise you're just flying around like, you know, talking to aliens and that, you know, they seem like they have conversations with you and, you know, and then you've got stuff to do where you go to planets and find artifacts and unveil, unleash, unreveal, uncover, unearth, <laughs> uh, or unmars, uh, the mysteries of space. Uh, but yeah, I'm just real soured on it by re- remembering the story about its development. It wasn't even that I didn't know it. It's just that I was like, ooh, a, a star control game. I'll buy that. Right. Um, and yeah, then I went, uh, I went like a fucking true ass gamer last week. I did a, I did a gamer ass thing. I went to the game spot in between the office, the game stop in between the office and my house. And I bought a, I bought a PlayStation 4 and the Spider Man game. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, and also Bloodborne. I like, cause it, that was there. Nice. And they just by default sold me a used copy of Bloodborne, which I guess is fine. Hmm. I don't know about that. Uh, Anyway, but I played several hours of the new Spider-Man game, and I like it a lot. Also, the first thing I did was buy uh, the Corn Love Forever theme <laughs> for the PS4, which is the best theme. Uh, also, <laughs> had, look up Tropical Dancing it. Skeletons, I think you will like, too. Oh, okay. I had a hard time deciding between that and uh, the Firewatch theme, but I figured I'd, I'd go for something that was nice and <laughs> right. relaxing. The, the, yeah, the Cornwall Forever music is good. Yeah, it's um, it was funny. I posted a picture to the Campo Slack because there, that was what was always running on the Dev PS4 at the Campo office, and uh, I posted a picture of it. I was like, yeah, I finally bought a PS4, and I just like, haha, I have Cornwall Forever on it, and then Claire. Uh, also posted photographs like I also bought a PS4 last week finally to play Spider-Man and also I'm running Corn Love Forever on it <laughs> and then and then Ben Burbank sent a picture of his PS4 running Corn Love Forever and it was just really it was good good stuff um, the new Spider-Man is so it has a lot of the problems that I always have with open world games which is like hey here's a game where you have the entirety of Manhattan to do whatever you want except right now we're not going to let you progress until you get through this particular door without alerting this particular guy. Like the story missions are just very gatey. Gatey. Yeah. And they're fine, they're not that hard. The combat is the combat is hard enough on easy that I'm still enjoying the challenge of it cuz I it's it's kind of Arkham Asylum combat, but you have a bunch of just also you just get they talked about this on the on one of the giant bomb podcasts like this. You can you can unlock new suits. It, the way the game incentivizes doing stuff is pretty cool. All of the, the different activities you do give you different kinds of tokens and then all of the upgrades to your suit and your abilities and stuff. Uh Some of them you just get by leveling up, but a lot of them just cost certain numbers of these tokens to do. But like the second suit you upgrade has a power that is basically just win fight. Hmm. It's called web blossom. You just jump up in the air and instantly disable every enemy that's in 
that's in range. That's great. So it's, I mean, most of the, most of the like important set piece fights are like five or six waves of enemies. So it really only clears like one of them, but it is, it is so powerful that I have no interest in unlocking any of the others. <laughs> and it's the second one that you get. It's so, it's such a weird choice. Is it though? Cause it's like. Here, it's like something, it's a, right? It's like bullshit. something that we would do because yeah. we want to make games that are extremely accessible. But right? it seems like they spent a bunch of time just making this game now, fun and light. And yeah, it is. It like great. You know, the thing that I really like about it is that it is like I like Batman. Don't get me wrong. I and I like that just like brooding, like you know. The, here, I'm. I'm sad and using a lot of complicated <laughs> machinery to fight crime, right? But with Spider-Man, it's just like, I'm having a great time fighting crime with all of this. It's just every conversation is just so, like, cheerful and fun. And, like, you know, I mean, I think that, like, I don't actually spend a lot of time just, like, walking around on the streets hitting the button to, like, take selfies with people and high-five people or whatever. But the fact that, like, there's just constantly people saying hi to you as yeah. you're moving around the city. It's, it's great. It's just such a, like, it's such a just, like, cheerful, positive thing. And, like, it's really, like, I mean, we need to just, we need to do this New York room escape trip because mm. playing this game is making me really want to go back to New York because it's just, you're just fucking there. Like, That's I mean, awesome. tw- 20 years later, I'll listen back to this and think, oh, oh God, you thought that was... Because I probably said the same thing about the Spider-Man 2 on the PS1 and looking at that now, it'd be like, whatever. Um, it's, it's so fun. Just sw- like, and it's, so I remember in the original, like in the original, in, in the Spider-Man 2 for the PS2 or whatever it was, you were always like the swinging around the city on your web was really good, but you were always like stuck to something off screen above you, even when there was nothing. And this is not like that at all. This, this makes it very believable. And you're kind of like, you're not able to just like swing above the levels of buildings, but it just very seamlessly like lengthens and contracts the web to make it satisfying. Like you can, Can you can definitely go where you want to go. Is the notion of Spider-Man as a, as a sort of suit with gadgets in it, a thing that came out of the Marvel movies or was that thing something that was in the comic books? Like, I don't remember my sort of like sense of Spider-Man from my youth was, was that he had the powers and maybe the web slingers were devices or maybe not. I don't remember. Uh, this is a, uh, like that was all, this, the, that was there's all the a, thing, a schism yeah. in the fan base that like is big enough that I am aware of it, which is that, like the the schism between people who believe that Spider-Man has the ability to like organically exude the web versus that he independently invented things that like machines that shoot web. Um yeah. in, in the comics he builds them the the him having like actual spider spinnerets on his wrists was the creation of only like, the toby Maguire movie yeah the first the first oh was it first, was it, uh, that that one specifically yeah okay yeah my my understanding from the comics that i remember as a kid which was i had very limited exposure to it i only i like i had some comics that my mom had when she was a kid and then i had some comics that my grandma cleaned a comic book factory and <laughs> would bring random like whenever she found an entire comic book in the trash she would bring it home Wow. Um, so it was a very random selection. <laughs> of stuff. It was, it was a, yeah, it was just a big, it was a big print 
like a giant print factory, okay. but they had like X-Men and they, like they printed Marvel stuff oh, there locally. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, but that he had the proportionate speed and strength of a spider as a result of the spider bite. And then he was like, Oh, cool. I'm a spider. So I'm going to invent a bunch of spidery shit because he also had the proportionate intelligence of a spider. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so he, this web, the web shooters were devices. Were there other, did he have other? I think the things that let him like hang upside down from the ceiling was also like the suit. Oh, I thought that was, I thought, well, maybe again, this, this is just my yeah, I don't, youth in the Tobey Maguire thing being convoluted was that he actually like could stick to surfaces like a spider yeah the in the in the movie they explained it as like little hairs that could stick out through the fabric of the suit i i feel like it uh to my knowledge although i'm not i I never really read spider-man like uh regularly or anything but i i always kind of felt like it wasn't ever explained in the comics it was just a thing Mm -hmm. he did but i don't know I'm really having a good time with it. It's like, I'm afraid that I'm going to go away to Wasteland Weekend and then come back and be just bewildered by the array of buttons on the controller and and what they do. Because even now, it's like, there's some challenges to like, take a photograph of a thing in a spot. And it's like, all right, you got to go find somewhere to stand. (laughs) Which, who can be bothered? And then you press up on the D-pad to ready the camera. And then you you hold down... R no L one uh-huh. or L two to, to adjust remember. the F stop. So I, I try one and it doesn't work, and then I hit the other one, and I can never remember which one it is. And then to take a picture, you hit R one or R two, whichever one works or doesn't work the first time. You- yeah, and then you and rotate like, the right stick to rewind the film. Yeah, man, <clears throat> yep. that that's what I want. That's that's the Pokemon Snap that I want, man. Receiver, oh, shit. all po- the real po- camera Pokemon controls. Snap plus receiver. Oh man, that'd be incredible. Uh, you, you get you get a giant eight by ten view camera where you have to load film into a yeah man. into a cassette in a dark bag. It comes with yeah. Like, it's it'd be like a switch game that comes with two custom joy cons that have like a film crank and an f-stop knob and (laughs) (laughs) yep oh man and you when it's time to develop the photos if the light sensor on the switch detects any light it ruins them You have to play it in the dark. That's good or you have to go into a darker like red light is okay like it oh yeah yeah it's pretty good um but yeah, boy, boy, that's Spider-Man. It's uh. So I haven't played this game, but I was talking to one of the developers on Twitter, and he said that the uh, the character movement code uh, that that controls the character, like that takes controller input and turns that into what your character does and how it animates, was ten megabytes of C plus plus. Wow. That is not surprising at all because it's you just never have to think about it, and you are doing some really bananas shit. All okay, the time. so so you would would you say that you you feel that ten megabytes happening on the screen? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's you kind of just look at a place, and then you're there more or less. Once it takes okay. a minute to kind of get into the swing of things, but uh, also it's very forgiving. Like there are. When you are supposed to go to like a plot event, 
you kind of get close to it and it sort of doesn't matter how high up you are, or how fast you're going. You'll, it'll just switch to a cinematic camera and you'll drop down next to whoever you're supposed to beat up or, or whatever. Um, God, there's this, some of this stuff, there's kind of just random crimes that occur that, that you can respond to. And like eventually to get like a hundred percent on all the neighborhoods, you have to have like done enough, like petty crimes there. If you've done, if you have done them, um, you can go bad. You put on the bad guy Spider-Man costume. And, yeah, you, yeah, you just... <laughs> um, you... At a certain point, you and you you prevent uh, characters named Nico and Roman from uh, planning a casino heist. So huh. I think that's like a GTA 4 joke. Um, yeah, that sounds uh, right. But like you just get kind of... Like, there's, there's one of the activities is like, oh, there's a stolen car. So you basically just fucking destroy it every time. But the, the mini game is like, stop these guys from getting away. And you chase the, you chase the car down and then you're on the car and it's still just like driving through New York. But there's always like three or four guys in the car and like one of them will pop out one of the windows and start shooting at you. And you have to like hit buttons to dodge it and like move around and like punch him and web him up and throw him out of the car. And then you just keep doing that until there's nobody left in the car and then you just destroy it. <laughs> <laughs> this probably doesn't happen when you're trying to stop a car from being stolen, but like when you're trying to stop like criminals from getting away from the scene of a drug deal or whatever. It's like Can you, you not just you, web the car? You do, but you web it in a way that just flips it. Like and this is like a cutscene. It's not like something I'm yeah. fucking up. It's okay. just like the only way that you have to stop a car is by just like half burying it in the street. <laughs> But it's very fun. Like, it's very fun crawling around on top of a car and, like, fighting guys. But it's not... You feel like you're controlling the Spider-Man who's doing it. And you feel agency in it. But it is not as bafflingly complicated as it would have been in a game from ten years ago. Like, right. it, it, it does seem like this game, with the exception of kind of annoying forced stealth sequences that get you in, in ways that are not... Like, I don't want to play this like a stealth game. Like... There are parts of this game that are just designed for Tom Francis that are like, take over this outpost and they have kind of patrol routes and stuff. And you have, you can use your spider. This is actually a thing that's very nice and makes me want to experiment with the stealth approach more. You can use your spider sense and it will tell you if I press the takedown button on this guy and remove him from the action, will anyone else notice? And you just said safe or danger, depending on whether there's anybody else who's like aggro linked to them and it's just i like i have never been less interested in a game mechanic than i am in the you can throw a pebble to make a guy walk towards it really really slowly so that you can kill him without the other guy seeing it to the point where i will almost always just like turn the difficulty down and go full violent if that's a thing that you're expected to do all the time and there are parts of it where you you're not throwing a pebble you're just like squirting a little bit of web on the ground that they then have to go investigate like, not what they think happened. Like, <laughs> I heard a squish. I heard a very, very silent squish coming from the next room. Um, yeah, man, it's good, good Spider-Man. I'm, I'm, I don't regret buying a PS4. Good. I, th I thought that I would, but I don't. Apparently, PlayStation Network still has like a credit card on file for me because I sure did not type in any numbers to get that corn love forever. <laughs> Some of, some of them are free. It was four dollars. Oh, it's look, corn, 
I was like, this is worth the price of like four actual ears of corn. <laughs> How much do you really love corn after all? Well, I lo- uh, there's some corn in the crisper drawer of my refrigerator that's been in there for a really long time. I think I love it enough that I keep forgetting to throw it away because I can't bear the thought of it. And I bet it, it's pretty nasty by now. It isn't still corn? crisp. Does corn go bad? Yeah. Okay. I assume that, I mean, everything dies. Sure. Only their first album was any good. Liquefying. <laughs> is that a fact? I have I no mean, idea. Is that a story? Well, that's your story. I, I thought we had cornfacts.com. I guess corn can ferment because you, you corn Cornfacts was Gandalf's second horse. Corn <laughs> um, uh, Do you guys want to talk about the assignment? Sure. I guess we Donut still have to County. do that, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What was it? Um, Donut, Donut County. County. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Did you play it, Riff? Yeah, I played it before we made it the assignment, so. Oh, yeah, so did I. I um, I never skip all of the text in a game, and I skipped, like, all of the text oh, in this game. That's kind of, that's kind of the is, good part. <laughs> which is weird, because I think Ben Esposito is very funny on Twitter. Yeah. The item descriptions... Man. <clears throat> like, you had warned me about them. And at the first batch, I was like, these aren't so bad. I don't know what Zach's, like, all up in arms about. But then, like, the more levels I, I completed, the more I was like, why are some of these so, like, just not jokes? Yeah, that was it's, my objective. Like, people, like... what. I had, it had been played, and actually, no, nobody said anything about this until after I had already seen it and just, but like, I am sort of uniquely positioned to have a lot of feelings about writing a bunch of short joke item descriptions, right? Because it's just, I've done thousands of them in my life and I care about it a lot. And what bothers me about that Trashpedia is that like only about one out of 10 of them is actually structured like a joke. Like uh, there's a lot of them that are just like weird sentences or whatever, but it's there were there were enough that were like I wanted to say it was closer to fifty percent early on, but I was like maybe twenty five percent are like funny. They're all in a in a voice. There I realized at the end that they're in the voice of the raccoon. The raccoon is the one that's writing. Those. Yeah, and I just hated that character. Yeah, and, and I think that might be part of the problem. It's yeah, like it's 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 their point of view on the world. And so I think it's, that's what they're, it's trying to represent, but only some of the time is that funny. And that, I think that was the mistake is like, you can, you should still have that, you should still strive for that point of view, but they need to be, they need to be funnier. Like if you're going to have text in the game, it should be worth reading. Like that's the thing. And I Mm -hmm. felt like a lot of them just weren't like, all right, like you wrote this because there needed to be a description for this, not because you thought of anything good. It didn't uh, even occur to me to go read them all. (laughs) <laughs> well there's like a prompt when every time you finish a level there's like a prompt that's like oh there's more stuff in this trashpedia i fucking love that have a garbage day sign though like yeah. that's yep that was real good um so much of the, the like cut scenes and the actual dialogue between characters i just skipped a hundred percent like i read like after the first couple of phone conversations i was like this did not reward scrutiny I see. yeah and i just like i don't i didn't like i didn't like any of the characters and i mm-hmm. didn't 
think that any of the things that they were saying were very funny. I really enjoyed the game where you were moving a hole around and having stuff fall into it. I thought that was cute and fun. The, there, and I, there was... So I, did you finish it? You just... Yeah, no, I did. did. Okay. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of like pretty reasonable puzzle-y things, which I yeah. thought was cool. I Yeah, I wanted more of that. I wanted yeah. I wanted more levels like the last level where you actually had sort of environments to explore rather i mean it was a fun challenge to like find the small things to make the hole bigger right. and it was i certainly liked it more than katamari damacy that's weird because um, that, mm, yeah that i wouldn't go that far game. yeah <laughs> i mean i just i i spend a hundred percent of the time trying to play katamari damacy just unable to achieve anything because i could not fight my way out of whatever paper bag it had put me in mm. in the beginning of it like I found this how how much of it is do you think that that it, it is that this is like a bird's eye view game as opposed to like oh, you yeah. actually yeah in, yeah yeah one hundred percent there's no way uh, and, and it's like one screen one. Yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah um but yeah like it's it's just it's a bummer to me that this game took so long and then the good part of it was so small I guess it was I was surprised how short it was. In the end. He, like, yeah, I and I wonder like if I, I'm curious about the inside story of this game's development. Like if there was some like additional pillar of gameplay that got cut late or something, mm. or whether it was just kept getting refined. It, it refined felt like a good snack-sized game. I I played through it all in yeah, one I, sitting. I liked I liked the yeah. Length. I don't, I'm, I don't I, criticize I the length. Phrase. I was just surprised given how long it was in development. I granted it was mostly just one person for a lot of that. Time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sort that's, of like, a, that's, I feel, that's a big I factor feel like, for sure. Like Gnog, right? Like if it took so long and then was so few individual things when it came out, and it, like I mean, I guess for me, if I had enjoyed the writing parts of it. And not just skipped everything, it would have been three times as long for me. And I like I also don't care about the length. I, mean, the, I thought the length was fine. I just wish that it had been more of the part that I liked and less of the part that I didn't like. Um Did you so the only thing that you the only sort of non jokey thing in the Trashopedia that I found was there's a uh secret recipe for in the level in the kitchen level mm. you can make a you can make a particular soup uh by seasoning it a very specific way hmm. um, that's cool but the payoff for that was was not uh nearly as exciting as i was hoping um, but i was hoping that there'd be more like little weird secret stuff like that scattered around um, and maybe there is and i just didn't find it but um you don't really have a ton of choices to make on most of the levels, yeah. right? Like it's like find the find the small thing. But and I mean, there were level, you know, where the, there's things where you're choosing what to light on fire, or yeah, it like when I realized, like it said, you know, click to start or whatever. It doesn't matter when I realized it didn't matter where you clicked. Yeah. I was like, ah, huh. Hmm. Yeah. Why are you making me do that then? Instead, of, like right. It was charming. Yep. I love the way it looks. Yeah. And I, you can't listen to me about the writing because I'm way too picky about that now. Um, I would say that I, I am like, I, it, it, it almost sounded like you were saying it was a moral failing that the, that the item descriptions weren't structured like jokes, but 
Some of my favorite humor is not recognizably a joke. It's just a weird mm. thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. These just didn't. I don't know. Did you like? Did you read these and like these? Uh, I mean, I don't. Not really. No, they were all right. I, th- I thought some of them there were, were funny, that but made me laugh. Yeah. yeah, some of them were. But th- not enough of them were funny that I continued to on to read them all. The other thing is, I guess, I guess I need to step back. I'm just assuming that the point of them was that they were meant to be jokes, and maybe that sure. wasn't. The yeah, point. right. But in I mean, which case, okay, it just like if not, then the point, then the point of them was for a lot of them to just be like a kind of a random sentence that was sort of like, oh, this reminds me of a different funny sentence, but this is not actually right. Right, like I, yeah, I forget, I forget what specific. There was just some specific item in the first level that I was like, mm, that's. That's not a thing. Like that's <laughs> like that was a draft that should have been discarded for for this. But yeah, again, no one no one else is going to approach that with the level of you could you could offer to rewrite them. Mm. Nope. <laughs> um, I so Jim, I guess maybe maybe everyone knows this except me. What did did Ben Esposito was he part of Arcane Kids? Uh, yeah, to my knowledge. Okay. So, he's made some shit that I've loved. Yep. I couldn't, like, that makes a lot more sense. It it causes it to make a lot more sense to me why this thing was so anticipated, I guess. Yeah. Like, I didn't yeah, really that's, know that's a big part of his it. pedigree. Um, but he seems like a funny dude. He should have had yeah. Laura Mache write. He should have had Laura Mache do all the writing. Oh, that's that's not a bad idea. It's too maybe a little too late now though. <laughs> Donut County two. It's never it's never too late. Donut. Just go back and change everything about your game. Donut. Let's do an HD State. remaster. Yeah. This is this is real good podcasting, guys. This is uh. Okay. All right. Why is this so hard? Well, I'm going to edit all of this, this out. This is yeah, this is uh, this is edited. Except for the hilarious piss joke that Riff is about to make. Oh. Hilarious what joke? Piss joke? Was I going to make a piss joke? Am I now obligated to make yeah. a piss joke to keep the timeline from collapsing? Yes. I know I know how how hilarious you are under pressure. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> Riff make a piss piss joke, please. Um Skeleton walks in. Maybe you could talk about a pissing booth. Wow, yuck. (laughs) Well, I mean really a portage is kind of a pissing booth. booth. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, you were gonna say a skeleton? I I just I had I started with a skeleton walks into a bar just to see if that prompted anything, but it didn't really. Oh no! You were just asking your subconscious mind to make the joke. That's cheating. Yeah, I just, well, that's that's the wait. Essence no, of how is that of, cheating? Of how is that not making the joke? It's it's not cheating. It's how it works. It's just like <laughs> it's just doing it explicitly. Seems like whoa. I don't know. You're not. You're supposed to like pretend that's not how it works. <laughs> is this how like you, how, how using a thesaurus about? is cheating? <laughs> right. Ori in the blind. Ori in the blind forest. Is that a thing that we could play before I, the next show? 
I mean, I would play that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. All right. Done. That was we. That was in the a bundle of things that we had suggested as potential future assignments. Oh, that or. So, uh, Kevin, what's our next assignment? What was that other one? Uh, that other rain one that I kept for confusing. Rain world. Rain world. Yeah. Either one. I don't care. Let's do. So, Ori. Kevin, Let's what's our next assignment? One. All right. Uh, our next assignment is going to be Ori and the Blind Forest. It's a platformvania. Sure. With jumping and animations by James Benson. From before Firewatch. I bet it's good. Yeah, I bet it's good. Speaking of good, I've had a good time recording episode number 345 <laughs> of Video Games Hot Dog with the three of you. Uh, and I hope we do it again real soon. And I, Jim, do you think you're ever going to be able to come to the studio again? Or are you always going to have a baby in one hand? I mean, I'm I'm, the other. I'm hoping to come in pretty soon. We'll see. It'll be nice to see you, buddy. I miss you. Yeah, I miss you and guys. Listeners, I miss you. Kakabubu Balaya. Good night. Good night, everybody. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>